to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. On this podcast, I bring you information, education, advice, and tips from healthcare professionals, scientists, doctors, and everyday people who have changed their lives and health through diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes and are now rocking their best life. Join me on this journey to rock your best life. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice, as I am not a qualified healthcare provider. The information presented on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Rock Your Best Life and Rock and Rosa Wellness are not qualified to provide medical advice. Please consult your own physician or provider with any medical issues that you may be experiencing. This disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors of this podcast. Welcome back, rock stars. I am so excited that you decided to tune in today. I um, am so thrilled to bring on Nisha um, Salisbury. And if you're not familiar with her, she is a she's a fashion blogger, a health educator, a Hashimoto's um wellness warrior. Um, she is an RN. Um, she does a lot. Um, she has an amazing YouTube channel um, called Nisha Loves It. And she also has a Instagram by the same name, Nisha Loves It. Um, she, I have, I've watched her journey over the last couple of years. And um, it's been really amazing to watch her just get healthy and try, you know, different things like, a, you know, a ketogenic diet and um, a carnivore diet and, you know, and find what works for her. And, and that's why I really love this conversation today because, you know, it's really all about finding what works um, for you and being able to just be your own advocate and and search for answers um, because as you'll find in our interview, she really she had to search for answers and a lot of us do. Um, and you know, Western medicine, we uh, a lot of labs will come back. You know that everything's fine, everything's normal. Um, when it's obviously not, we have all these symptoms, and you know, kind of that's what she did. And I just love the the work that her and her husband are doing in the community um they are such good health educators and they help people um follow her husband ken barry he wrote a book um and i hope to have him on the podcast soon actually um so gotta reach out to him um ken barry wrote a book called lies um your doctor told you and so um and yeah we talked about all things um nisha and and it was a really great conversation. So I'm excited to bring in this conversation today. And I hope that you are loving this podcast so far. Um, and I hope that this story, uh, this autoimmune story of hers inspires you, you know, to try something different um, to heal yourself. Because, you know, it all, it, it's, it's, it all comes down to how, how are you feeling in your body and, you know, what harm can, like, just trying something new, trying something different. Um, you know, you don't have to go full carnivore. You don't have to go full keto. But maybe finding um, something in between that works for you, you know. Maybe just adding some good sourced, you know, animal products, some more protein, 
um, finding those foods that are not working for you. So taking some things out, um, you know, doing some some lab work um, helps, but, you know, it's not the final answer. And, you know, your symptoms are really, you know, what's telling your body what is going on. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation today. Um, and don't forget to share this with somebody that you think might find value from it. Um, and tag me on social media. Tag me on Instagram um, at Rock and Rosa Wellness. Tag me on Facebook. Um, and let me know how you are loving this podcast. I will see you in the next episode. Okay, with me today, I have the beautiful Nisha Salisbury, and um, she is a um, keto um, influencer and a health educator. Um, she's a nurse. Um, welcome, Nisha. Thank you for having me. Of course. I, I have watched your journey um, for the last few years now. I think it feels like around the time that you kind of started keto and just watch your progression and your journey. And I, you know, it's been a, a beautiful journey to watch. Um, and I just, and I love um, um, your husband's book too, um, Life My Doctor Told Me. And I love how you guys kind of work together and you, and you educate people. Yeah, um, it's kind of crazy how it, we ended up working together in a very odd way, but it's great. We love it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you really, you guys really help a lot of people. And then I just love watching your twist on things and you kind of bring your own kind of attitude and, and flavor, <laughs> you know, Yeah, which is just like much needed. I think a lot of times we just take it to, we take health too seriously. Um, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. But it could be, it could be fun, you know? Yes. So I would like it if you would just share your um, your story, you know, how did you get here? Um, a lot of times we have like kind of our pain to purpose um, story of, you know, what led us to do what we do. Yeah, so I came to this way of eating um, after my husband started. He'd been eating keto for, I think, a year. And um, I had been feeling really sick and hadn't really had any answers. I went to several doctors, had my hormones checked. Everybody said everything was normal and I was just getting older and I was stressed and it was maybe it was depression. And so I got put on Celexa, which I only took for a month. And I was like, this is stupid. I'm not taking this. I don't think this is what it is. And so over that year, I just kept doing my own research on Dr. Google. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, looking up the symptoms I was having for my age, which I was around 27 at the time. So I was fairly young. Oh, yeah, that's young. And having all these symptoms of someone that you would think would be much older. So I was having, uh, I was just tired all the time. I had brain fog. I was very forgetful, which was very odd for me because I historically I have a very good memory. Like I can recall things in great detail and I was having problem uh, problems putting sentences together, simple thoughts, getting them from my brain to my mouth. I could not talk in a way that made me sound like I was a smart person. Like I sounded not like myself. I didn't feel like myself. I had low libido. My hair started falling out. 
um, had fertility issues, had all kinds of things, panic attacks, not just anxiety, full blown, I think I'm going to die panic attacks, which had never happened to me before. So I started doing a lot of research and I found a lot of women having these same issues with the Hashimoto's diagnosis. My mother also had Hashimoto's. So I thought, well, maybe I have it. My, my labs were normal, but I was having all the symptoms. So finally my fertility specialist and my husband too, uh, gave me an official diagnosis of Hashimoto's. And by the time I went to a fertility specialist, my antibodies were raised, but between all the symptoms coming on and finally going to a fertility specialist, I did start eating low carb, dirty keto with some cheat days. And I did feel better. Even just, uh, seven days, I started to feel better. And so the longer I did it, the more I cleaned it up, the better I felt till I finally ended up carnivore (laughs) prior to going through my in vitro um, successful in vitro treatments. I was carnivore for three months prior. I got pregnant. I stayed keto through my pregnancy, went back to carnivore after I had the baby breastfed successfully. And eventually that became what I called ketovore, which I didn't come up with that, but that's just what I Uh, kind of fall into that category. So I'm meat-based and that's where I feel my best. So it's been a journey to find what works for me personally, and I'm in remission. I'm not on any thyroid medications, and so I'm very happy with the place I'm at and my health journey right now. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, and I love the ketovore um, um, term, too, because I actually, for a long time, I um, I was doing kind of just a, a whole food uh, keto approach for digestive issues. And for about four years, and then I had to eliminate everything except for meat, you know, Mm -hmm. go carnivore. And then, and then when I wanted to add stuff, I'm like, well, what am I? (laughs) Yeah. And then I heard you talking about keto where I'm like, oh yeah, that is what it is. You know, even though I kind of hate the labels sometimes, you know, I am right there with you. And honestly, and the only reason I maintain a label Mm -hmm. is so people can find me on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook, because if I don't have that, then it's almost impossible for anyone looking for that information to find me. So I have to slap that in the titles of my videos and stuff, but in my personal life, like I don't go around saying I am ketovore, you know, I just, yeah. I eat the way that I feel best. And it happens to be a meat-based whole foods, low carb way of eating. Yeah, exactly. I agree. (laughs) Well, let's dive a little bit into like the Hashimoto's for people that don't know, you know, what, what would you, how would you explain it to somebody that doesn't know what it is? So Hashimoto's is a type of thyroid disease that also is basically married to an autoimmune disorder. So, um, from there's not as much research into it as we'd like there to be, but it seems that it starts with your gut, Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of issues do and leaky gut and gut permeability and the certain foods for each individual person with the diagnosis could be different for everyone, um, cause the permeability to become flawed and then your body Uh, makes antibodies and those antibodies attack your thyroid and they start causing all types of issues. They can attack your brain. They can attack all kinds of things. And so you end up with uh, this 
list of symptoms that could be thrown into any category. Like if, depending on where you are in life, if you just had a baby, they'll say, well, you just had a baby because all those symptoms could also do that. But also after women have babies, sometimes that's when Hashimoto's gets triggered. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these symptoms get swept under the rug without proper testing. So for thyroid issues, normally you just get your TSH checked. Mm -hmm. And for Hashimoto's, you really need TSH, free T3, free T4, um, antibodies, both um, AG and all, all the antibody tests. And that gives you a better picture of um, your actual thyroid function, but also a good practitioner is going to listen to your symptoms as well. So you can be hyper thyroid with Hashimoto's or hypo. You can fluctuate. There's all kinds of special things that happen with Hashimoto's. But uh, when I started being treated, I was on a desiccated thyroid and I saw a lot of um, good effects from that. I was on nature thyroid. There's several different versions, but the desiccated is where most people see better, better benefits as opposed to levothyroxine, which is synthetic hormone. Oh, okay. So what exactly is desiccated? So it just means it comes from a real source. Um, Usually it's from a pig. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So it's true thyroid hormone as opposed to a fake version of thyroid hormone that's made in a lab. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And is that harder to get? Or be prescribed? It's harder to be prescribed depending on what kind of uh, practitioner that you're under. Like a family practice doctor may not be as open or may not understand a desiccated thyroid like they would leave a thyroxin. And so they may be a little bit less likely to prescribe it for you. But most functional medicine doctors or nurse practitioners uh, who are well-versed in thyroid disorders and Hashimoto's will most likely prescribe that. Oh, okay. That's good to know. <laughs> and, and what are some of like the, like big symptoms? I know you kind of explained the ones that you felt, but what are some that maybe some, some women can look out for? Um, the one that is most common in, in all thyroid issues, but yeah, hair loss, brittle nails, uh, fatigue, extreme fatigue, the brain fog, the low libido, those type of things tend to be the most common. And then weight gain, obviously, Mm -hmm. is another one, which I did have. And uh, most women start to have it. And it's unexplainable weight gain. Like I didn't change anything. My way of eating is exactly the same. Uh, Nothing's changed, but I seem to be gaining weight. And usually it's in your face. You get a lot of inflammation in your face and you can get a moon face that happened for me. And I also got it in my stomach. So I call it the, the thyroid pooch. You kind of get like a pooch and then it's not a consistent weight gain. Like my arms stayed very small. And so it was like a weird weight gain. And no matter what I did, I didn't lose any of the weight that had never been a problem for me. And like I said, I was only 27. So it's not like I should have had a problem with losing weight the same way I'd been doing it my whole life, which is eating whole foods. So I did paleo. Yeah, I did whole 30. Um, I did all that stuff and nothing changed. I, I still felt bad and I was still gaining weight. 
and I was continuing to gain weight no matter what I did, eating whole grains and quinoa and Ezekiel bread and plant-based. And like, I did all the things and none of that helped. In fact, it seemed to maybe make it worse. Yeah. What do you think it is about what's the magic in like a ketogenic <laughs> diet? What are the elements that you think really help? I mean, a lot, it seems to help a lot of autoimmune conditions. And yes. And I think that comes down to the gut and um, eating a low, low carb meat-based way of eating allows your gut to heal. And I think that is the main like benefits that you get from eating this way is that you're letting your gut get all that bacteria back in there that needed to you destroyed mm -hmm. and the permeability to heal and all of those things just kind of come with eating a ketogenic way. Yeah, no, I, I agree because, um, I had that same, that same benefit <laughs> for myself because I had the brain, I've had the brain fog, um, and I've had all those, you know, digest all digestive issues. Yeah. And then I was never diagnosed with an autoimmune condition, but I always had a lot of the symptoms, you know, I think a lot of people go years with an autoimmune disease and not know it. And then if you happen to find yourself in keto, then you're like, oh, I feel much better now. And so you never get a diagnosis, but you know, maybe yeah. something was going on there. Oh, I know. And that's kind of how I feel um, a lot. I feel like um, most people don't get diagnosed for like years and years. And sometimes it's often like the damage has already been done. Yes. Not absolutely. that it can't be reversed, but it's harder. It's really harder to undo a lot of that damage you know? absolutely yeah yeah well um what um oh hang on i'm sorry okay. Some, my laptop decided to allow a phone call in okay oh no it's okay it's okay um well what what do you think are some things that kind of lead up to um some of these autoimmune conditions or even kind of these hormonal imbalances um I think a lot of it is our, the way that we live, the culture we live in just promotes you to live it up and do whatever you want to do and, you know, live, live life, you know, do, do all the things. And that includes eating Doritos and Mountain Dew and enjoying mm -hmm. treats. And, and these treats tend to be every day almost. So it's not even a treat. It's like, well, I'll have a treat on the way to work and a treat on the way home from work and a treat every weekend. And it becomes this culture of treats and you can't go to the grocery store without being tempted because 90% of what's in the grocery store is over-processed, super sugar laced, just Franken food. Yeah. We just have become so accustomed to seeing that and seeing everyone around us eat that and fast food and convenience, all those sort of things, I think over the years have just led us to finally be paying attention and thinking, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I feel so bad because what I'm putting in my body is not really food. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. <laughs> and it gets harder and harder. You know, it seems like it's just in our faces commercials it and it's literally mm -hmm. like and then when you take a step back mm -hmm. when you become like woke 
like <laughs> like like uh we have i guess it's it's crazy how you kind of see almost like a it's almost like a propaganda it, it is to me it, is. it looks like i don't know if i'm just a conspiracy theorist but when i well when you walk down the cereal aisle yeah it's how how in the world did we get to an entire aisle top to bottom with cereal yeah and i mean all of it's like part of a healthy breakfast but if you look at that box it's mostly sugar and it's fortified yeah. in nutrients it's a, well, it's, you can it's get those nutrients crazy. from a real whole food i don't why do i need to get something that's fortified and has you know 50 grams of sugar per like half a cup it's ridiculous and it's all marketed to kids all I know. and then once you have kids and then you um you go on a health journey like you know we have um and you start to kind of see these effects you know because mm -hmm. at first a lot of people that do have you know change their health they'll they'll change their health and, and they'll for me anyway it was like i'm gonna do this for myself but you guys just you keep eating what you're eating um, until you see the effect and you're like, oh, wait, maybe I should change your diet too. <laughs> yeah. And I think that probably comes a lot from pressure that we feel from other moms or family members like, oh, let them live a little, you know, they're kids and, and let them have all that stuff. And I think if it's every now and then on birthdays and Christmas and stuff like that, then yeah, okay, let them have a treat. But having that much sugar in a child every single day, that's not how we were built to live and just because it's common doesn't mean that it's normal yeah no i agree and it, it's really hard and i've i've watched you your journey with beckett and i just love how he was able to start off yeah just on the right path you know the way that we're supposed to yeah um, he enjoys all the things that we eat and um his favorite food is bacon and sausage. And that's, not, <laughs> that's not something I think is bad, but yeah, other people from the outside would think, oh my God, all that processed meat. And like, my kid is super smart, super healthy. <coughs> oh my goodness. I have a tickle right here. It just all of a sudden started when I talked to you. Oh no. Do you need to take a, a water break? <laughs> yeah. Let me grab my coffee. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah that's much better yes but yeah it's not something that we don't call the way he eats keto yeah for us it's just the most nutrient dense foods that he eats and he is allowed to eat whatever he wants to eat he eats strawberries he eats cashews he eats bacon he eats tomatoes avocado uh, like he has a full rounded way of eating, but he does, if I put everything out, he's going to go for the bacon first. That's just what he likes. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, when you, um, take away all those foods, I thought with my own son, um, when I just started eating a lot more, when I started eating carnivore and more meat, I started to tell him that these foods were going to help him grow taller and his brain was going to work better and he naturally and kids naturally they they love meat mm -hmm. they want they want more meat like if you give it a child meat they're gonna 
they're going to eat it most of most of the time i would say most of the time yeah, yeah. they're less likely to grab that vegetable than they are going to go for the meat source yeah and i mean it's just taking away the you know kind of like the interference you know if you take exactly. away the sugar you take away that sugar uh and it's going to have all these effects you mm -hmm. know? yeah that i think kids are born with uh, the knowledge of what's good for them and they unless we introduce them to a whole bunch of sweet stuff then they're naturally going to go to the foods that are nutrient dense and good for them and make them feel good and that's kind of how i just think that we were meant to be and like you said we got the interference of all this other stuff when you take your kids to the grocery store we don't even go down those aisles. Beckett has no idea what cereal looks like. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good thing. Because, yeah. you know, it is harder. Like, I've, I've seen this with my son. Um, he's 13 now. But I, you know, he I started seeing him have these focus issues, behavioral issues when he was like five, six. And it really, it really impacts their learning. Like, they can't, they can't learn because they have all this interference in the way, you know, yeah. their yeah. brains, their little brains are so sensitive. Yes, exactly. They need fat and protein. Exactly. And, you know, it's hard at first when you have to take it away, like you take away the cereal and all the junk and <clears throat> slowly. Um, and it is hard at first because they're so conditioned. Mm hmm. But when I look at children, it it kind of just remind. it's like a simple way to kind of look at ourselves too and say, wow, maybe this is why I have a hard time. I'm addicted to sugar. I'm addicted to all these things, you know, because I've been having it my whole life, you know. Right, exactly. And I love that you and um, uh, Dr. Ken Berry talk about the proper human diet. Um, and for people that don't know, what do you, what do you, what would you explain that as? So we understand that each person has different tolerances of different things. So just Ken and I have different tolerances. Like I can eat more carbs, whole food carbs than he can. Mm -hmm. Um, and Beckett can eat more whole food carbs than either one of us because, you know, he's his gut has never been messed up mm -hmm. and for each person i we all agree well <laughs> most people agree staying away from processed sugary foods that's across the board like you should just those are awful and bad for you and cause nothing but health issues franken food all the box stuff doritos cheetos all that stuff is not great but you know not everybody has to cut out every single thing and be a carnivore either yeah so there's those of us who can have a more veg heavy ketogenic diet and do wonderfully and then there's those like me who need to be more meat-based but can still integrate in some vegetables that uh, don't affect me personally some people are sensitive to dairy some people aren't mm -hmm. it's all about sticking to the whole foods very low carb way of eating and that it's a spectrum for us that's how we view it it's a u-curve there are some people on this end and some people on this end but we all fall under the whole food good quality meat good quality fats and 
homegrown vegetables if you can do it, but organic veggies, if you can't grow your own garden, chicken eggs in the backyard, if you can, if not, you know, try to find a farmer locally, those type of things, that's the proper human diet. And um, we think most people will thrive eating that way. Yeah, no, I agree. I completely agree. <laughs> and I, you know, it gets kind of messy, you know, when you have a lot of these different keto influencers and, and people saying, oh, you need to eat this way, you need to eat that way. But everybody's not the same, right? We all have exactly. Our, I, I actually, before, before I heard the term like ketovore, I used to call my diet the Rosa diet. You know, <laughs> That's great. That's what I think everybody should say. This is the mm -hmm. Nisha diet because yeah. it's the way Nisha's body needs to eat to feel its best. That is the diet. Okay. Mm -hmm. If we're going to call anything a diet, it needs to be your individual diet. And I, yes, I hate any, any, I don't hate anybody. <laughs> I hate yeah. when people say you have to not eat this way because this will happen when that's mm -hmm. not true for everyone, just like the fat and the protein. And, and when it comes to mental health, which I had some mental health issues, I had a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. and Hashimoto sometimes has mental health effects. I have to eat a lot of fat. Yeah. I have to, but I also have to eat a lot of protein. And so that's what works for me. But if you tell somebody that eating too much fat is going to backfire or eating too much protein is going to backfire, then that blurs their own like journey of yeah. figuring out what works for them. So <clears throat> I think there are people who have a lower fat threshold or a lower protein th threshold, just the same as a carbs. Some people can tolerate more carbs. Some people can't. It's not just this blanket statement. I always say you, there is no health expert on you except for you. And you have to put in the work. Nobody can tell you the answers you have to do self-experimentation. Like I didn't get here because I listened to anybody else. I got here actually doing what people told me not to do yeah. to try to figure out what worked for me. And if I hadn't took those steps, even though some people say don't do that because of your Hashimoto's, I would have never figured out that they were wrong actually. And doing what they told me not to do got me here in remission off medications with a baby, feeling my best and living my best life. Wow. Yes, I agree. I completely agree <laughs> with everything. <laughs> that really gets me worked up. No, it does. I mean, for a long time, I had a hard time even kind of bullied, uh, you know, at, in work situations when people see me eat. I, I went through a period where I would have days where I just wanted all meat and then mm -hmm. days where I wanted, I just like, okay, I need vegetables today. Yeah. And like trying, you really do have to take away all the noise. You know, you got to take away all the sugar and stuff mm -hmm. um, to be able to listen to your body. But yes. once you're able to listen, it's kind of a freeing, you know, experience. It is exactly. I listen to my hunger cues. There are some days when I eat very early in the morning and there are some days I don't eat till 6 p.m. And it doesn't matter to me. If I'm truly hungry, then I'm going to eat a meal. And if I'm not hungry, then I'm not going to eat. And as long as, you know, my body's reacting well to that, there's no reason to mess with it. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and then let's go off of diet for a minute. What other things that have you used that have helped you with your, you know, autoimmune journey or just your health journey? 
Well, I did, um, like I said, have a lot of anxiety and the Hashimoto's kind of just exacerbated it to the point where I was having panic attacks and all of that stuff. And I was not sleeping well at all. So I really took um, my sleep hygiene and uh, took a real good look at it, made sure that every night when I go to bed, the temperatures turned down to a nice cool, like 69, 68. Mm -hmm. My room is dark. All right. This realistically though, listen, I have a toddler. Sometimes this doesn't yeah. happen, but I, on, on the day-to-day basis, I try to make sure that I'm getting enough sleep and good quality sleep. Also addressing my internal things as well, because, um, I think this isn't addressed enough. I didn't really have a bad relationship with food, but I had a lot of issues with letting things go and letting things eat at me and thinking about things that maybe I should not be thinking about anymore because it's in the past or worrying about things that I have no control over Mm -hmm. those type of things. I had to work on that. So I addressed all those issues. Now I do a much better and I live a much happier life, but for some people it's their relationship with food Mm -hmm. and Just getting rid of the ice cream without addressing why you ran to the ice cream, I feel like is not enough. And I don't think enough people are talking about the deeper work that needs to be done for those type of people because losing the weight is great. Mm -hmm. But if you don't get rid of the reason or understand the reason that you run to food when you feel bad or sad or address those emotional issues, then when the monster comes back, you're going to fall off the wagon. You're going to get back on that bad habit train. And then you're going to start the cycle all over again. But if you address those issues, when the demons come up again, then you're way more likely to be like, whoa, whoa, I am having a weak moment. And I need to, I need to focus on what I can do about this situation. And the ice cream and cookie dough, that's not going to fix my situation. It's going to make it worse. And I'm going to feel even better later, I'm going to feel guilty, like all these things and understanding the relationship that you have with food and why maybe comfort food isn't actually comforting. Yeah, no, I, I, I see that a lot with people. Um, people come to me and, and they say, how can I quit the sugar addiction? I'm so addicted to sugar. I just can't put it down, you know? And I, yeah, I always start people with a mood and food uh, Mm -hmm. journal Mm-hmm. And have them write down, you know, how were you feeling before you ate that ice cream? Yeah. You know, and it, it's most people like that you, you work with maybe that have the tendency to fall off the wagon. It's because they haven't addressed that stuff and they've addressed yeah. the food, but that underlying issue is going to still be there forever unless you take the journal and understand that in, in this moment, this is what I was feeling. And I reached mm-hmm. for this because of this. That's a great way to document. Yeah. Well, and I, well, the reason I, um, I find that helpful is because I did it for myself. You know, mm-hmm. I kept binging and, and I was, you know, trying to heal myself, but at the same time I was eating just really, really healthy most, most days. And then I would fall off the wagon and then I would eat so, so horrible, so bad. And then I would feel bad for like a couple weeks. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it takes a while to get all that, all that sugar and toxins out of your body, you know, Mm -hmm. it takes it's a process. That's so true. I think a lot of people don't understand how long of a process it could be depending on, you know, how addicted you were and 
all that kind of thing. Like we got to take that into account as well. It's not just like, oh, well, go keto and then you'll feel better. And that's the end because, you know, for some people it's not that simple. No, no, it's not. It's definitely a process, especially when you're trying to heal the gut and autoimmune issues. Mm-hmm. It, it took you years to get here. So it's going to take you probably years to heal it. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so sleep is really important and de-stressing. Um, what, what things really help you like day to day? Cause you have a lot going on. You have a, <laughs> you have a young little boy, you have, you know, all these things that you're doing. You have, you have chickens, right? Yeah, we have chickens. We have turkeys. We have two cats, a dog and sheep, 24 sheep. Oh my, I didn't have, know you had all that. <laughs> uh-huh, and then we have quail eggs in the incubator right now. So in a few cool. days we'll have baby quail. Oh, that's so exciting. So you guys like have a full on homestead. Yeah, we do. Oh, wow. and, a garden, and a garden too. And what kind of things are growing right now in your garden? So, um, I didn't really know anything about growing anything. So I tried to stick to simple things. So I did some peppers and tomatoes and herbs. And that's pretty much where I stayed this year. Next year, I might get a little bit deeper into the gardening, but yeah, that's kind of what I eat anyways, when it comes to vegetables. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of where and onions and garlic. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's keep it simple. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm in Colorado. So we don't have we don't have really a big growing season. It's basically like really, really hot. And then it's freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't deal with that. Well, Tennessee summer is really hot, but the rest of the year is pretty nice. Yeah. So you do you guys have a longer growing? (laughs) Do we what? Do you have a longer growing season there? Or? It seems to be, but it, it, Tennessee weather can be so bizarre. Like we had a frost in May this year. So it, and you kind of have to just like roll the punches and hope that you put your seeds out at the right time. But it does, it doesn't always follow the almanac around here. Yeah, it's, it does that in Colorado too. We could have like a a freak hailstorm in July. Yeah. And it's like, what the heck? And then, but then you've already had your vegetables out. I've had squash kind of ruined <laughs> before because of that, but it's, it's fun. It's fun. But yeah, it's good to grow your own vegetables and get down in the dirt. It's really good for the soul. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Getting outside and scheduling and following a certain schedule. And uh, also I, I have a village so that is nice too. So my mom helps me and we have a, a friend who's like our personal assistant, but I hate calling her that because yeah. she's just like, she does, she's just our person. She's oh. my person. She helped. If she wasn't here, I would not get anything done. So, you know, I, I understand my limits and that's something that kind of took me a while to understand. Like I cannot do everything. Yeah, I have to have some help. And that doesn't mean then I'm a bad person. It just means that I am a human being. I'm not a robot. I, if I want to do the important things, then I got to let some of the, the lower level type things go and let someone else help me. And so that that's helped a lot. Yeah. I, I think as women, we want to do it all right. I feel Especially like mom. expected like, to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I struggled with that for years until I, I would come home from, you know, working all day and then I'd have to, you know, do all these 
I thought I had to do all these things and it's and then you're you fall down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically. Like it, you, even if you want to do all that stuff, at some point it's gonna come back and bite you in the butt and then you're not gonna yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel it the affects same your way. health, you know, it really does. Yeah, and it affects your mood too. So you're doing all this stuff, but then you're too tired to play with your kid or you're irritated because your husband put the trash beside the trash can and not actually in the trash can. Oh, yeah. He's like little things that <laughs> or the are laundry or the laundry. Like, yeah, they're not a big outside, deal. But yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to do it all and you're like, can you just do your part? Then, you know, it turns into this big deal when it's like, just let it go. Just let it go. Yeah. We just need to learn to let things go for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, so what, what big things are you working on right now that you would want to talk about? <laughs> well, I just started my own podcast on, um, it's called Nisha Uncensored and it's not actually a keto podcast. It's more just like a, a personal diary. So I just talk about whatever I want to talk about. And at some point I'm sure wellness and keto will come up, but it's not focused on that. It's more just fun. Sometimes it's serious, just depends on the day. And then continuing to post every week on my YouTube channel, which is um, like my favorite thing to do, but takes up the most time. I was going to say you have an amazing YouTube channel. Oh, thank so everyone you. should go watch that. I, yeah, it's, 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 you know, cause I've kind of watched your journey through that. Um, yeah. And- if you want to watch my journey and go, I don't want yeah. you to do this, but you can definitely <laughs> go back and watch my old videos, but please be nice because they were awful. I did not know what I was doing. I, the camera is so close to my face. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I, my quality has definitely gotten better in the past two years. Oh, yes. Believe me, I have some. Yeah, the, I was trying to document the beginning of my health journey. I wasn't as consistent as you. But yeah, when I look back, I wanted to delete them all. But I'm like, okay, well, it's good for people to see where you were at. It is. It is. And everybody on YouTube, if you go back to their first video, everybody's is like that. Like we're all awkward and cringy and, and it's not edited well. Like we all don't know what we're doing in the beginning. There's a learning curve, but oh, I'm very proud of my YouTube channel. It's something that I've always wanted to do and do well. And so I'm glad that I'm finally to the point where I can be like really proud of the content that I put out and um, see people learning from me and maybe getting inspired by me. And that's really, that's really what I'm after. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. I love it. (laughs) And are you still working out? I know you were, you were doing, trying to do some workouts. I am, but um, I don't do what you would, I guess, call like structured workouts. I'm more um, like I will do sprints outside up the hill. I go for walks in the woods with Beckett. Um, I do planks when I'm playing in the floor with Beckett. It's more like, I, you know, when you're a mom, you just got to do what you can do when you can do it. And so yeah. I just try to integrate working out into my day. And then when I have time, I will, I will do some curls, you know, biceps and triceps and stuff like that. But it's not, I don't get up at 4 a.m., and go get a workout in like that's just not how my life works at this point right now maybe eventually down the road I will be that person but right now that's not realistic for me to do well no I think that's perfect that you mentioned that because I I actually was a beach body coach for like five years 
Oh, wow. And so I did, I was into these workouts like hardcore. I was doing them every morning at 5 a.m. But then, um, you know, since kind of leaving that, now I do, it's, I just learned it's like, it's not doable for everybody. You know, no, it's not. It's not realistic. And also, it after a while, it really wears and tears on your body. And I yeah. found myself actually gaining weight because I was over-exercising. Yeah, and, and for someone with Hashimoto's, over-exercising actually is really bad. Like, you don't need yeah. to do that, which I wasn't. I was doing, like, 20-minute workouts. I was not doing the weights and the hit. I was either doing the weights or the hit. Oh, okay. And I have I had... A, a goal to try to tone my arms up because I tend to get picked on a little bit about being oh. so thin. Oh and, gosh. Really? <clears throat> yeah. And it's amazing. Like, <laughs> well, thank you. Um, the thing is like, I don't really, if I, I never did this to lose weight, this is just kind of yeah. how God made me. And so I also was trying to like fit into this mold Mm -hmm. of what other people said I should look like to be healthy. And finally, I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is the same thing as someone trying to lose weight to fit mm -hmm. a mold. Like it's not, it's not something I want to promote to mm -hmm. make yourself and force yourself to do things to look a certain way because other people have a preconceived notion of what healthy looks like. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? This is stupid. I'm not going to push myself to do this thing to look a certain way I look the way that I look I feel amazing my labs are amazing and that's what matters so I kind of yeah. just like let that go but I do want to feel be strong but I don't want to make myself do this thing yeah because of what people think I should look like I I so agree. I kind of came to that realization just recently, <laughs> and and actually, um, I started doing kind of you know I got a puppy, so I got really busy. I can I haven't been able to work out really too often in the last couple months, and so but we go for our morning walks, we go for our evening walks, you know, and I started just naturally sprinting and and mm -hmm. I'm very you know very active, and I and I started just you know, losing a few pounds, you know? And yeah. so I, I was like, oh, maybe I don't need to torture myself. <laughs> yeah. I feel like unless you're training for a competition or something, getting in the gym every single day is just not a natural thing anyways. Get yeah. outside, play with your kids, play with your dog, mm -hmm. do those kind of activities. And as long as you're getting your heart rate up every now and then, and like stretching your muscles, that's really all that matters. Like, bench pressing so much weight that doesn't matter to anybody unless you're in a competition like this is well, the exactly world. like body and I think but I think that's a big mistake that a lot of people make by watching Instagram all day yeah and we see all these people but some of these people are in competitions yes. that's why they look like that I mean they're right. not walking around like you know looking like a statue <laughs> yeah yeah unless you are a model and it is part of your job or a bodybuilder who is working out to get a medal or a trophy or whatever or you're an olympic athlete or a collegiate athlete then none of this going to the gym and like wrecking yourself is makes any sense to me yeah yeah i agree well um any you know anything that you you want to you want people to know um, before leaving what's your final message 
that you want to tell? Um, I guess you find me on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. And I just want people to really concentrate on becoming their own health expert and, you know, following people on YouTube and Instagram. That's great. I think that it's good to see how other people are doing things, but you got to do the work on yourself and become your own health expert and figure out how your body feels its best and, and, and concentrate on that and don't let anybody sway you on your path. That's amazing. I love that message. Well, you truly are rocking your best life, Nisha, and I will continue to watch your journey and be inspired. Well, thank you so much, Rosa. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for listening to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss a thing. If you loved this episode, I would just love it if you would go over to Apple Podcasts and give me a rating or review. It really helps more people find the information on this podcast. If you need help getting started on your journey, I'm your girl. I would love to be your coach and guide. I offer a free 30-minute discovery call over at rockandrosawellness.com. Let's find what works best for you. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Until then, don't forget to rock your best life.